When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need to know what's happening, it's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConfora. I'm Baldy, and I'm in a hotel room, but if I showed you the view of what I'm looking at right now, it just wouldn't be fair to mankind. I'm in Maui. Uh, I'm on the ocean. It's the last day of vacation, but the views are spectacular. I'm here today. There is no Carl Dukes. There is nobody else here joining us. Jason Locke and four, my two partners uh, inside the huddle. They're both on assignment here today. So it's just me. And we're less than three weeks away from the draft. And there's questions that have to be answered. So I've got myself a strong cup of coffee here, cola coffee. And I'm going to riff here a little bit because I just got done talking to the New York football jets here this morning. And obviously they're all waiting for Aaron Rodgers to come to town. And there's a couple issues that may or may not be known, but I'll just simplify it for everybody out here watching uh, inside the huddle here today. So is Aaron Rodgers a one-year rental or is he a two-year deal? It's yet to be decided. If it's a one-year rental, that's going to be one level of compensation. If it's a two-year deal and contract that the Jets would really like to sign him to, then Green Bay wants more competition, uh, compensation. And so, you know, the Jets traded away Elijah Moore. That gives them two back-to-back picks in the second round. I think off the top of my head, I'm in Maui, so I don't have all my notes in front of me. But um, it's the 43rd and 44th pick, which are valuable picks in this draft. The Jets could dress tight end. They could dress defensive tackle. They could dress linebacker or safety with those second-round picks. They would love to use those. They definitely don't want to part ways with the 13th pick, which might be a starting tackle. Who knows? So, anyways, that's kind of the the Aaron Rodgers situation. I have it on pretty good um, alert. Don't know if this is fact or not fact, but even Joe Willie Namath. Even Joe Willie Namath is ready to pull his number 12 out of retirement. Uh, which has been retired for quite a while, and give it to Aaron Rodgers if he so wants to wear number 12. By the way, mentioning Joe Namath, do you realize all you Jet fans out there, this is almost hard to believe. It's hard to fathom. It was when I saw it. The last quarterback to throw for 4,000 or more yards in a New York Jets uniform was Joe Namath in 1968. Think about that. The drought of quarterbacks, the number of quarterbacks, the number of draft picks, investments, free agents, etc. Not one has thrown for over 4,000 yards. 
That's the New York Jets. All right, let's let's look at this here now. We are less than three weeks away. We are a fortnight and six days. We're 20 days away from the NFL draft. Well, actually, we're this is we're three weeks away. All right, so here we go. Three weeks away tonight. Today is Thursday the 6th. We're three weeks exactly tonight, that NFL draft in Kansas City. We pretty much feel like the number one and number two picks, Carolina and Houston, are going to take quarterbacks. Picking number th three is the Arizona Cardinals. Now, if you're the Indianapolis Colts, if you're the Las Vegas Raiders, if you're the Tennessee Titans, are you willing to just let whatever quarterback falls to you? If you are you willing to let the number three quarterback just fall? If you're the Colts at number four, do you feel secure just waiting for the third quarterback to fall to you when there could be a very good chance that one of the teams I just mentioned, the Raiders or Tennessee or somebody else, could jump up in front of you? Trade with the Arizona Cardinals, which the Cardinals would love. Trade with the Arizona Cardinals to get the number three quarterback. So I feel like Indianapolis can't afford to allow that to happen. Chris Ballard is too smart. Jimmy Ursay is too hungry for a quarterback. Um, you know, so I feel like that might get done. That trade from Indianapolis to number three might get done in the next three weeks. The team that I keep hearing about, and it's just hearsay, I'm a long ways away from anybody's war room or anything like that, but I feel like Tennessee's in play here for quarterback. You know, I saw Ryan Tannehill got hurt late in the season last year. I saw Tannehill get hurt against the Los Angeles Chargers. It was a gruesome injury. Carried off the – he actually came back in the game. Somehow he came back in the game and he played after getting carried off the field, um, you know, on a cart. So I feel like, and not just because of that, just because, you know, Ryan's been around a long time, got a little age on him, not saying he's done by any stretch, but they got a new offense coordinator in Tennessee, might have a new way of doing business. They need explosion in the offense. I feel like they're going to open it up. Derrick Henry has um, kind of been on the trading block, not that, you know, maybe he's going to trade for Derrick Henry or, Tennessee could get enough compensation to, you know, make that happen. It's not probably going to happen now. But, you know, could Tennessee – and we saw Malik Willis play, and it wasn't very good. And I'm just not saying that Malik Willis can't play in this league, but he wasn't ready. He needs seasoning. He needs time. He needs to learn. Um, he needs this offseason badly. But Malik Willis was a third-round pick. And so third-round picks, you know, sometimes they make it, sometimes they don't at whatever position. But if you feel like this is a draft for Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or Hendon Hooker and you're Tennessee, could you be interested in one of those three quarterbacks? And if so, how interested? Enough to trade up to make sure you get one of the guys that you want? I'm sure they're doing their diligence, their homework on all of them. So that's that. The third pick, to me, is in play. We've seen this just a couple of years ago. Three quarterbacks go at the very top of the draft. Right? Wasn't it Trey? Wasn't it uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance? Wasn't that one, two, three? Just a couple of years ago. I think I'm right. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right on that. Uh, we could see that very same situation play out this year. It's possible um, these quarterbacks might very well get pushed up. 
the, the player right now that I'd like to talk to you about, and it's really a polarizing player, not because of the talent, not because of his value. I don't think there's any talent evaluator in this country. I don't care if you pick Daniel Jeremiah, if you pick, you know, uh, any team. Um, I just happen to know Dar Daniel Jeremiah, work with the NFL Network, Bucky Brooks. I mean, you go through the land, list of all the guys that do this every day for a living. Um, there's nobody out there that doesn't believe that Texas running back Bijan Robinson is a top five pick. I believe he is too. I believe he's as talented as Saquon Barkley, as talented as Ezekiel Elliott. I think I see the size, the power, the contact balance, the ability to catch balls out of the backfield, run routes. Like he looks super smooth. He's uh, anybody that's talked to him, met him. He is uh, very erudite. He is outgoing. He's got a great personality, but he's smart. That's like he's an intelligent guy. You know, you kind of say, okay, we got like a, a really talented, sharp, intelligent the guy, type of guy like Saquon, like Zeke. If you want them to be the face of the organization, to help be the face of the organization, they can fulfill all that. You know, you need the guy to do the, the interviews, the circuits, the offseason, sound bites. I, I feel like Bijan, like you have no problem getting that guy. But here's the deal. There's running backs in this draft. There's running backs in every draft. I mean, you know, there's there's nobody out there that doesn't recognize that you can get these guys in free agency. Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing his rookie year. He was a third-round pick out of Toledo. You know, we so you can find these guys. And I'm going to talk a couple a little bit about them. But Bijan Robinson, to me, if you put him in Philadelphia, they're the favorites to win the NFC East, regardless of what they've lost. The offense would be dynamic. And that's not to, to knock, you know, the guys they sign in free agency or anything, or the guys that are on the roster, Boston Scott, you know, these guys. It, it, like, he's just a special talent. The Eagles are picking 10. Could he get to 10? He could. Could the Patriots at 14 take B. John Robinson? Yeah, they could. You know, they, they, you know, Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson was an awesome player last year for the, for the uh, New England Patriots. He led them in rushing. He led them in receiving. He averaged five yards a rush. I mean, Ramondre was an awesome player for the Patriots, but could you create a one, two punch with B. John Robinson? Yeah, you could like there's, I could go through 10 guys that are 10 teams that could say B. John Robinson. Yeah. Plug him in, plug him and play him. And watch the offense really take off. Like it's it's he's just that type of player. He's that type of talent. But let me just throw some other guys out there. Like, have you watched Israel Abanaconda from Pitt? The two years that he had, the year that he had after Kenny Pickett got drafted and Jordan Addison went to USC and Abanaconda was their best you know, weapon on offense in the year that he had at Pitt, six yards of carry. Like, you watch him in these games. At, you know, he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's explosive. You watch him against Tennessee, he ripped Tennessee apart. That's one. Is he a third-round pick? Probably. Probably third-round pick. Could you get value for him in the third round? And you could, could you play him? Yeah, you could. Dwayne McBride, a blazer from, a blazer from the Blazers, UAB. University of Alabama, Birmingham, Dwayne McBride. Go watch him. I don't, don't take my word. Go watch him against Georgia. Go watch that guy 
carry Jordan Davis, 380 pounds, put him on his back and carry him. The guy is a load. 5'11", 215, got power. You know, the guy runs behind his pads. He looks like a talent to me. Like, I don't know where, you know, if you feel like, is there a big separation between B. John Robinson and Israel at Bonaconda or Dwayne McBride? I don't know. I mean, there is. But is it significant enough that you take a top 10 pick or top 15 pick and invest in B. John Robinson when you might get one of the two guys I just talked about? Jameer Gibbs at Alabama. He's a one-year player. He's got no tread off the tire, man. He's like, he's fresh. He's fresh and he's fast. He's running in the four. I mean, he's running in the four threes. All right? Like, he's a home run hitter. And he played at Alabama. He waited his time. You know, all that stuff that he did. And then he could catch, you know, he catch the balls just fine. But, man, he's playing at Alabama. He's playing in that conference. And he had the year that he had. You know, Devin Archer, you know, Devin Archer. I mean, you just go through the list of all these guys. I mean, I'm just mentioning three. Gibbs, McBride, Abonacanda. And you go, how many of these, how many guys can just be what Ezekiel Elliott was? Can be what, you know, we have seen from Saquon Barkley, where they can just be the lead breadwinner, the, the lead mail carrier, you know, and you don't really need to substitute much. You could just you use those guys and get their years for them. And, you know, you could get 20 carries a game from them. There's not many of those guys out there, you know, but I mean, look at the Jets. They invested in Brees Hall. Brees Hall was on his way to being the NFL's offensive rookie of the year. And he tore his ACL. I mean, these guys, it is a treacherous and difficult position. And so almost everybody, you know, has a committee. And so, that's where we're at with the running back position right now. We're three weeks away. I want to see Bijan Robinson go in the first round. I don't know if he if he goes in the second half of the first round. I I know he's going to go in the first round. He's just that good. He's just that good. He's that talented. He interviewed that well. Um, you know, you just you just can't find anything not to like about him. And you could see your offense just exploding with him in it. You know the way Christian McCaffrey allow the 49ers offense just to explode last year, literally from the day that he got there. He's just that type of talent. But that's where we're at in this league right now, and I'm not here to bash running backs. You know, you better be able to run the football. You know, the 49ers uh, lose Brock Purdy. They couldn't run it very well against the Eagles, playing from behind. Um, you look at the Super Bowl, and you look at how the Kansas City Chiefs could run the football, you know, when they had to this year. And they did it with the seventh-round draft pick. You know, and so seventh round draft pick out of Rutgers. So you can find these backs in every round. You can find them in free agency. You just can you go through the list of these guys. So that's Baldy checking in for inside the huddle here on an, a great morning on the great island of Maui. The Pacific trade winds are blowing. I'm a free diver. There's a snorkeling hole someplace nearby that I just got to get into. But I just had to check in. I saw Brandon Meebane, a great nose tackle with Seattle and Los Angeles, down in the uh, weight room today. Brandon Meebane talking about a cock nose tackle position. Does anybody play a cock nose position anymore? Like, I'm ready to talk about it. You know, the Jets need a nose tackle badly. 
You know, they're going to use one of their high picks on a guy that can just anchor to free up Quinn and Williams to allow those, you know, the, the wolves on the outside to go just scream upfield, turn corners, and get after quarterbacks. Defensive tackles, a position of need. Brandon Meebane filling them the blanks, talking nose tackle position with me this morning. I mean, I could break down that cock nose tackle, like for the next hour, the benefits and why they don't coach it or teach it anymore is a mystery to me. Anyways, I'm leaving you here on behalf of Carl Dukes, on behalf of Jason Lock and Four, on behalf of everybody that helps out um, Baldy checking in. Brief, short, but to the point. We're going to be talking draft all week next week. Come join us, all right? Download it wherever you can find your podcast, and break in, and, and you can get these breakdowns throughout. You can check out Baldy at NFL, at Baldy NFL, on Twitter, on Instagram. I'll fill it in. I'm, I'm here to break things down. I'm so recharged right now. I just want to get a clicker in my hand and start breaking down Israel Abanaconda because I'm excited about that player coming out of Pitt. He's a Pitt Panther. I was born in Pittsburgh. I feel a connection to Abanaconda. All right. That's it. Baldy checking in. Thanks for joining us.